0: So when you're starting to look for a new system, ask yourself a couple of questions about, you know, one of the problems that you're trying to solve. And the first of those is what kind of business are you? Are you mainly retail or you're mainly wholesale? Are you really looking to solve a point of sale, like a physical store problem? And then you look at something like a retail express or you know, Shopify point of sale or Vend, you know, things like that. Or are you doing wholesale distribution, things like that? That's where you look at those seven and Unleashed kind of platforms to Australia's Podcast for Accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to
1: episode 351 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to CLASS for sponsoring this episode. A good point-of-sale system is crucial for any large retail business or any retail business with retail outlets. POS and inventory go hand in hand but some software started with a focus on inventory and others with POS. The systems we're going to discuss today started with POS and then added inventory and the systems we discussed last week started with inventory and then added POS. And this small distinction seems to make a difference in the way those softwares work. Here's Tony Harcourt of RIPE in Brisbane with some very helpful insights. question retail express it seems to be very tempting for small companies on shopify that are below the one million to change to retail express and the question is basically and uh, i'm not sure how to phrase this my i wonder whether it's better to stay on zero until you're big enough to move straight away into the second bucket or whether there is room for something to move from zero to retail express and then when you're ready to move into the second bucket to do it then so it's basically several questions the first one is what are your thoughts of retail express and then can you see it as being an advantage to move to retail express before you move to deal or sync 7 or unleash
0: not moving there before i I would almost consider it as a different category of product. The Retail Express for us is, is a point of sale system that has inventory rather than an inventory system. So Retail Express's point of sale is fantastic. They've got some amazing customers like Mr. Toys, Toy World, Nutrition Warehouse, or those guys, Early Settler Furniture, they, they run Retail Express. So it's a fantastic point of sale that definitely does brilliantly at what it does. In terms of integrating it to Shopify for a small business for zero, I probably wouldn't go there first unless you're looking specifically for its point of sale features. If you're looking at it for a pure uh, inventory management side of things, uh, then I would look at more the Sin7 Media, the Unleashed for that kind of thing rather than the Retail Express. It doesn't have the same strength around foreign currency conversions and things like that that DSN 7 Unleashed to do, and that's more where we would say probably look at that. The other thing to look at is not just even the implementation cost or the monthly cost point of view, it's the change management cost. SMBs SMBs are really good because they're used to change because, you know, everyone's job description changes based on whether it's a Monday or a Thursday uh, sometimes. Yeah, they're much more flexible in terms of changing their process or changing their configuration for things to, to get things out the door. But there is definitely a, a change management cost. So if you're going to change the way that you're, you run your point of sale training or you do your purchasing and receiving or you do your dispatch, and they're all slightly different between each of those systems and in Retail Express, there's a cost to doing that. And it's not just the monthly cost. So you've got to remember that you're going to have a loss of productivity when you start using these systems to start up with as people come in. It's not like day one, you're going to be immediately a million percent more effective. You'll hopefully be at least as effective as you were and then you know get, go up relatively quickly until you get to the next level and the next level of you know familiarity with the system. But I would never try and do an intermediary change uh, if you know you're going to change away from it in the near future or even in the medium term.
1: So retail express is basically in a different bucket altogether. For
0: me, P- yes, and they might they might disagree, but that's my feeling.
1: POS do our what we call our second bucket. Do they offer a POS, so a point of sale solution?
0: Yeah. So Syn7 and Do, they both have built-in point of sales. Uh, Unleashed does not. They all actually have third-party point of sale integrations as well that work with them. Uh, so I think Shopify point of sale works with all three. Uh, we did Vend integrations with Unleashed years ago. I'm sure Square will do a bunch of those integrations. Absolutely. It's really just, you know, which one works better for you. The None of those point of sales, though, are as strong as Retail Express point of sale, as an example. So Retail Express's point of sale is much stronger than Sin7's or Deer's. It?
1: And why is that? How is a POS system stronger than another one? Where are the defining features?
0: Customer loyalty. So, you know, your rewards look up, things like that. Your user interface experience for Retail Express is very, very slick on their point of sale, where it's not as nice on SIN7 or uh, DIA as Retail Express because it's Retail Express's main offering. So, I would say that Retail Express is definitely the strongest of those three platforms for POS, but I would say that um, each of the other three have it beaten for inventory management.
1: I'm surprised that you use. User interface, UI or UE, as a strong point of Retail Express. When Because when I did a tour of Retail Express, I thought the... Uh UI was very poorly, but maybe that's the design that you, as the um, shop owner, would see. But when you say POS, you mean a POS in the store, correct? You don't mean the checkout feature on the internet. I mean, I'm
0: a physical retail point of sale.
1: But I mean, the customer, all the customer sees is, is this POS device where they swipe their card. I can imagine it's not that different from the customer experience whether you use this POS system or that one, correct? From the end user customer,
0: no. From the the client who's subscribing to the platform, yeah. There's like the, I would definitely say that the Retail Express has a slightly more easily navigable uh, UI than the other two.
1: It makes me wonder what the other ones look like, because I thought Retail Express was very clunky.
0: No, from the point of sale point of view, I think Retail Express is quite good. But from the inventory management side of things, I don't think it is
1: okay good so you mean pos in the store when the um when mary comes up
0: to buy a bike or a bed or something like that when the cashier is looking at it from the cashier's point of view i think retail express has a prettier user interface than the other two they're all usable i just think that it's a, a very you know they've got different strengths right and and Retail Express was built as point of sale first and added other features later, whereas since Evan and Deer were built as inventory management first and added point of sale as an add-on to that. So it's really just where their initial function was.
1: When Mary comes to the counter to buy a bike, of course, it then just gets scanned. So as long as it just gets scanned and then Mary swipes her card... It really doesn't matter which system you use. Mary,
0: does, Mary doesn't know or care.
1: Yes, exactly. And the um, store manager also just basically scans the barcode. And so that's pretty straightforward as well. It doesn't matter which POS you use. I can imagine where the user experience is then different is when Mary comes back and is not happy and wants to exchange the bike or something. When you then need to go into the system and change something, I can imagine then the user experience plays a big role. Do you agree?
0: And that's where you've got the return, the credit refund functionality. And and, that's where it's different between each. So you've got the breakdown of, whether I'm returning and giving cash back, or whether I'm returning and giving score credit, which I'm immediately applying to another transaction. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that Retail Express does really well. Uh, and Sin7 okay. does that slightly better than Deer. Uh, just and that's just my opinion. It's it's the minutia that you're getting into at that point in time. You go, well, yeah, you know, how many times a day does that happen?
1: It doesn't matter so much which POS system you use when it's just a pure scan and then scanning the credit card. It's more when there is an issue, the customer returns a product or wants to exchange a product, then the user experience for Retail Express is stronger than the uh, software that we have in the second bucket.
0: Probably slightly. The only other thing that I'd say is that, uh, for example, dear point of sale doesn't allow me to pay for something and then not pick it up right then. So it doesn't allow me to sort of like pay and take it later. Whereas since Evans will do that, Retail Express will let you do that. Yeah, it's literally down to that level of, you know, this, this one has this particular feature and the other one doesn't.
1: So that was POS where Retail Express is stronger. But if inventory management is an issue, Then our second bucket is stronger. So it really comes down to is POS your big pain point or is inventory management your big pain point? And my gut feeling is that for most retail stores or any commerce stores, inventory management is a much bigger issue than POS. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, for, I mean, for most of the ones that we see, I mean, like your know, retail express is is you know very much targeted at those multi-format uh, stores, you know, where you've got toy world, you know, um, you know Matchbox, forty winks, those kind of things where you've got multiple outlets all over the country running the same you know product lines, things like that. If you're talking for somebody who's on zero and moving from Shopify and zero to looking for inventory management. Yeah, they're going to have a, a really good inventory management experience moving to that that bucket too, as we've called it, the sin 7 Deer Unleashed group, because they're going to get that familiarity uh, because it's you know, designed to plug into zero, and it's very much there for the, you know, the purchasing, the the landed cost, the how much stock on hand do I have, how much stock on hand is coming in, and they're much better at that, in my opinion and my experience.
1: It's just our discussion about inventory management systems. Is that influenced by whether somebody does more wholesale or retail?
0: Definitely. So, for example, Retail Express, again, very much designed for that point of sale. But we have a lot of customers, for example, that come to Ripe specifically for inventory consulting that don't deal with the public at all. And they literally just do B2B sales, and you know those three bucket two that we're calling them, they work brilliantly in that you know respect because you can you know you've got different customers that buy different items from you. Um, they all actually come with a uh, built-in business-to-business portal, so not as pretty as a Shopify site necessarily but allowing customers to log in and and place their order from you for their specific you know products that they need at the prices that they pay for them download their old invoices reorder based off you know their previous order quantities that kind of stuff is built into each of those three platforms which is absolutely fantastic for wholesalers because it gets those email orders out of your inbox that you then have to go and type in and be responsible for any typos and it gets the phone orders out you go guys can you please just place the order on the on our portal and then it just flows into your order pick pack dispatch processes if you've typed it in yourself
1: so would you say that the second bucket we looked at is particularly strong for B2B Definitely. but not as strong for retail uh,
0: look it depends on what type of retail it's not it's not going to be as strong as something like a retail express absolutely you know, SMBs, single store, uh, you could definitely run a, a, a you know, SIN7 and a DEA happily to do that. Um, they're not as strong as Retail Express. But if you called me and said, I've got a pure wholesale store, but I sell a few widgets through my Shopify site, then I'd never look at Retail Express for you. I'd go, well, let's look at these three options.
1: So the second bucket we looked at is more strong in B2B. Is there kind of a second bucket of inventory management systems that is more for retail and that then also includes Retail Express?
0: Yeah, so they're more the ones that were done point of sale first. So they're, they're your light speed, which you counter, which is... Um, is now being bought by Lightspeed, Retail Express, which has also been bought by Maripost uh, and Nito. Uh, Nito e-commerce, which is again c- competitor to Shopify, but then did point of sale uh, bought by Maripost that is now Maripost Commerce, and then probably things like Vend. them or your lightweight POS systems where they did really really good point of sale, lovely user interface experience for the cashier in particular. They're designed for those fast-moving inventory. Transactions that that a retail store would run, trying to run an e-commerce, sorry, not an e-commerce, a a wholesale store off any of those, a wholesale business off any of those three platforms would be really quite awkward. For things like you know multiple price tiers, yeah, they they do them, but they're not designed in the same way that the other three that we're talking about specifically to do that wholesale and retail mix. You know, they're, they're much more retail first.
1: So when you grow out of zero and you move to the second level then there are basically two buckets. And it depends on which one is more suitable to you. It depends on whether you do more wholesale or whether you do more retail. If you do more wholesale, then you go to the bucket that has DeerSync 7 and Unleash in it. And if you do more retail, then you go to the bucket that has Retail Express, Lightspeed, Encounter, and Vent in it. Correct?
0: Close, yes. It's, as a general rule, yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know that's such a consultant's answer, but it's such a tricky question.
1: Yes. No, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, uh, I try to squeeze a very nuanced landscape into a simple one, two, three. I understand.
0: Yeah. It's like giving generic tax advice, right? It depends on everything else that you've done. What structure have you got it in? What's, what's your ultimate exit strategy? Who are your, be- your ultimate beneficial owners? Every piece you, of advice you give depends on everything else that's going on, because otherwise you'll give some advice, which is perfect for this situation, but absolutely terrible for this one.
1: Yes, you know, I appreciate that. And then just quickly touching on the third layer, which is the ERPs. For those, it doesn't really matter whether you do more wholesale or whether you do more retail because each of these ERPs is pretty much custom designed to your processes anyway.
0: Yeah, very much. And you kind of self-select into those things where any of the platforms that we've talked about, since 7 Nido, Deer, Unleashed, Counter, Retail Express, whichever one that you want to pick, They will do somewhere between 85 and 99% of things that you want done. They'll do them really well. They do them the way that they do them, though. When you need to go to that ERP solution, though, is when you have a business problem that cannot be solved by the out of the box element or there are things that you require that they can't do and you're willing to pay the extra for them because it will cost more. It's a longer implementation timeline. It's a it's a higher ongoing cost. Or where you've got multiple entities trading with each other. So where you've got court accounting entities, where you've got, you know, I raise a purchase order from one which automatically generates an invoice in the other and things like that. Um, that's much, much neater in things like NetSuite, Microsoft Dynamics, SAP B1, uh, but you pay for that as well. So that's when you're sort of self-selecting out of the what we would almost consider the SMB space into the, you know, the sub-enterprise is probably what I'd call those.
1: You just mentioned an inventory software that's called Nido. Nido.
0: It's now called Maripost Commerce. It's a Brisbane uh, software founded by Ryan Mettart a few years ago. A great e-commerce product that does e-commerce point of sale and, and basic inventory. It was picked up by Maripost Commerce in 2021.
1: Okay, so that goes into our retail bucket.
0: More into the retail bucket. Yes, absolutely. More of a direct competitor, Shopify.
1: And do you spell that N-E-T-O?
0: It's what it used to be called. Sorry, I've been in the industry too long. It's now Maripost Commerce.
1: Okay, and Maripost is M-A-R-A and then Post. M-A-R-O. Okay, and Vent, which is another software in our retail bucket, that is V-E-N-T, correct? Uh, V-E-N-D. Ah, V-E-N-D. Okay, like vendre in French.
0: Yeah, or as in the verb to sell. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, but in French, correct? Yeah. Do they have a French background that they used a French word?
0: No, oh, well, no, a vendor is one who sells. Oh, yes, Vend of course. A <laughs> sells. It's a New Zealand product.
1: Oh, yes, of course. And we also have the vending machine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Good. Okay. So we have Maripost and Vend also in the um, retail bucket. Now, going to ask you something and i think i already know what your answer will be i was going to ask you whether if you kind of try to we have these three layers zero is the bottom layer then we have these two buckets on the second layer for retail and wholesale and then we have the erp in the in the third layer and i was going to ask you what rough turnover thresholds you usually would see people moving from one to the next and my gut feeling was that you would stay on zero and possibly Shopify, up to a million, then from a million to roughly up to hundred million, you would go into the second bucket. And then when you go over hundred million, you probably are ripe for an ERP system. Is it possible to make this very rough estimate or would you say the turnover has nothing to do with it? It depends a lot more on number of locations, number of sales channels, FX, you know, number of products.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say it's it's more the complexity rather than the, you know, dollar sale volume. Like if I'm selling, you know, widgets that are $100,000 each for some reason, for example, like I could theoretically do, you know, $100 million a year straight out of zero for that. I'm just selling you, you know, this product, I'm only selling 10000 of them a year, whatever. It's not a huge complexity. But I might have a $750,000 a year business that's got three staff members, but has six locations because I've got two third-party logistics warehouses. I've got an integration to David Jones, who places their orders by EDI, uh, and I have a small Shopify site. You literally might make that you know jump to what we would call bucket two straight away, even though you're below that million dollars, because not having that. System which might cost you $10,000 a year plus a $10,000 or $20,000 setup, for example, might cost you $80,000 a year to get extra people on to handle the paperwork. It's almost when you've either outgrown the complexity variables of each system or when it's going to cost you more an administrative overhead to stay with what you've got at the moment.
1: So turnover has nothing to do with it.
0: No, I mean, and that's the, that's the funny thing. We genuinely have people on the same system. We've, like since 7 is the one that I've been dealing with longest. Personally, I've been with since 7 partner since 2014. Uh, I've probably been an Unleashed partner about the same time, but I know since 7 a little bit better personally, although Ripe has better, way better Unleashed experts than me. But we've got clients on that that are literally doing $600,000 to ones that are nudging $100 million. They use exactly the same platform. Now obviously they use different parts of the platform they you know have different cost bases for that. If you said, you know, can you find me a solution that you know, 10 years ago if you said, you know, I've got a business between 600,000 and 100 million dollars, what platform should I use? There's no chance that anything would do it all together, but that's one of the brilliant things about the zero ecosystem is you know zero plus a couple of add-ons can actually support that size business these days.
1: Can I share a thought with you and pick your brain on I think you can look at it like on one side you have real life and on the other side you have software. And
0: <laughs> yes.
1: as long as the two kind of work together, it's fine. You can stay on the software you, you need. And when that starts having more and more cracks and doesn't really work, you know, more and more things fall off the wagon and you spend more and more time trying to fix things, you know, then it's clearly not working and you need to, look at how to fix the setup and I think then you basically have two options everybody will then think yes you need to upgrade your software but it's also possible that you just need to adjust the real life scenario and I'm talking for example for let's say it's a small Shopify store and they have inventory in the bedroom they have inventory in the shed they have inventory in an outsourced location and they get completely confused about where things are and they start forgetting how much units they have of something in that scenario it might actually be that you just need to adjust your real life processes for example get a proper warehouse where you have all your inventory together or you know adjust real life it doesn't always have to be that the software is no longer good enough it could also be that you just need to tidy up your your setup your real life setup
0: i could not agree more i used to do talks on this for uh, when we were trying to educate people and move into the cloud and we always said that there's three pillars Um, one of my talks is the three pillars and it's people process and technology you know most people can pick the right technology you know you've got a feature set you kind of can make that work within your real life and then it's about, you know, what you're talking about there is, is doing getting the process right, like using that, you know, whether it's moving everything to one location or setting up a clean warehouse or using a you know, third-party logistics tool to do that. You are know, getting that process for using that technology, right? That's, that's phase two. The third phase where it breaks down is often the change management and that's getting the people to do that process on the technology. So you know, if you can't get the people to do the process on the technology, it will all fall down. But, yeah, any one of those three things can be, addressed as part of that project it could be a technology change it could be a process change sometimes it can be a people change you know, for example we have so many clients who leave their part you know, they do all the the fun stuff of selling and going out and being the business partner and then they hand their paperwork to their wonderful partner usually their poor wife who they just go and dump stuff on Now, that's not a great business process and it's not scalable as they grow so sometimes it's literally just you know moving that part of the process to, you know, to either a professional or making it as part of their daily process to solve that level of pain. But yeah, it doesn't have to be, we need to change software. It can just be changed the way we're using that software.
1: Yeah, I like that. Three pillars, people, process and technology. And you're right. It's not just about inventory management software. It's about any software. You always have people, process and technology.
0: Yep, absolutely. And if one of those is broken, the whole thing won't work. And people is almost
1: always the weakest link in the chain.
0: Yes. Yeah. And particularly changing them and changing. And that's probably one of the biggest things to understand about moving, you know, inventory system or any system is you actually have to rewire people's brain. People think I'm joking, but we actually create new neural pathways when we form habits. And it's literally a process for that first three, six, nine weeks of getting people onto a new software, of literally rewiring their brain to work in a different way. Uh, and that's what I talk about when I talk about the cost of change management and, and people really do reject that if somebody's done something the same way for 30 years and that's the way they do it because that's the way they've always done it you definitely have that struggle to try and you know moving people across to a new way of doing things
1: and how many weeks does it take to form a new habit I think it's six weeks or nine weeks
0: they say somewhere between six and nine I think it depends on the person and I think it depends on how many times you do it but um yeah, I think yeah, that wonderful repetition of something is is, is the, always the best way to go about it.
1: Okay, so to be safe, let's say it takes nine weeks. So if you have been able to do a new process for nine weeks, you are probably have buckled it down.
0: If you didn't, I'd be worried. <laughs> It's, it's, we're talking inventory here. It's buying stuff, selling stuff, receiving stuff. It's, but yes, you, you definitely try and get it better down in that nine week period. So when you're starting to look for a new system and ask yourself a couple of questions about you know, one of the problems that you're trying to solve. Uh, and the first of those is what kind of business are you? Are you mainly retailer? or you're mainly wholesale? Are you really looking to solve a point of sale, like a physical store? problem and then you look at something like a retail express or you know shopify point of sale or vend you know, things like that, or are you doing wholesale distribution, things like that? That's where you look at those DSN 7 Unleashed kind of platforms. Then you'd start asking yourself detailed questions about how many product lines do I have? Do I need 30-party integrations? Which of these platforms support those third-party integrations? Who are my customers? Who are my suppliers? Who are my price tiers? You know, who gets special prices on these things? To, to then start that discovery process about, you know, which of your subset is going to work best for you? And then the third question that I definitely ask is, who can help me? Uh, and it's not just Ripe as a consultant can help you. It's your accountant, it's your bookkeeper, it's people in the same industry as you. Ask them what they use. Right? If they, if somebody runs a similar business to you, ask them what they use. Ask them what their experience has been. Ask them who set it up for them. Because uh, once you've got, you know, those things, you know, you've got social proof about who uses what. You know what kind of industry you're in, and you know the problems you're trying to solve. You can then start the process properly of of moving to something new.
1: Welcome back. So it all depends on your processes and which of those processes are either non negotiable or can be adjusted to fit the software. Your non negotiable processes will most likely determine which softwares you can go for. In the next episode, episode 352, Andrew Henshaw of Velocity Legal in Melbourne will discuss section 17036 with you. Section 170 covers amendment periods and those amendment periods play a big role when you have missing trust distributions, missing deemed Division 7a dividends or any other issue that wasn't picked up in time. So those amendment periods are important and so far we just briefly touched on them whenever we discussed the relevant issue, be it missing trust distributions or missing Division 7a dividends. But then I received an email from Peter Glindemann law interpretation officer of the ATO and Peter Glinderman pointed out that we really just brushed over section 170, that there is a lot more to it, especially the reference to any other circumstances prescribed by the regulations listed in the tables for paragraph 1, 2 and 3 in section 170. And Mr. Glinderman is right. We did brush over those amendment periods. And so next week, we will devote an entire episode to amendment periods because they are the gateway to everything when you have an unresolved issue in a past tax return. So next week, amendment periods as per section 170 ITAA 36. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.